Welcome back to the podcast and to a new series of episodes that will lead us through the last few hours of Jesus' life as recorded by the Gospel writer John. Over the next several weeks, we'll be diving deep into John chapters 13 through 17, and we look forward to having you join us. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Thank you once again for following and studying along with us as we continue our study over the last, as we have over the last several weeks, from John chapters 13 through 17. As we've made mention and will continue to do so, it really is a unique passage. It is a unique piece of text in every way, because what you have is a really specific possibly as close to word-for-word conversation, lengthy conversation that Jesus is going to have with his apostles. And what makes it unique as well is the timing of it. We are hours, literal hours from Jesus on the cross, and he is well aware of that. And this is kind of the, hey, this is the the conversation we're going to have right before that. And he has some uh, things that he wants to, to tell them, wants them to be thinking about. And uh, it's been a masterful conversation, certainly woven by Jesus, and we'll continue to see that already. We talked last week there in John chapter 14, uh, and um, uh, kind of switches gears just a little bit. So John, why don't you help us just by way of context, and then we're going to pick up uh, in John chapter 14 in verse 15, and we'll read down to the end of the chapter. We mentioned last week how Jesus gets into some very specific teaching here in John chapter 14, and I think you made the point that the first half of John chapter 14 is a bit of a big picture outlook, and Jesus is providing the apostles with some comfort as well as some teaching. You get into the latter part of chapter 14, and it'll carry over into chapter 15, that teaching gets a little bit more specific. And certainly what we're going to cover today, he really dives deep into a couple of things, and it's going to really challenge the apostles, I'm sure, in the way that they're thinking about the time after Jesus leaves and what that's going to look like for them. And he is continuing to provide them with comfort by giving them some teaching as to what that time period is going to look like. And so this latter half of chapter 14, and like I said, when we get into chapter 15, it really continues on. This is, this is Jesus being very specific and very intentional about the teaching that he wants to give to these apostles before his time on earth comes to an end. Yeah, so let's go ahead and read uh, this text together. I'm, uh, as I said, I'm going to be reading John chapter 14, beginning of verse 15. We'll pick up directly where we left off last week, and we'll read down to the end of the 14th chapter. So John 14, beginning of verse 15. Again, Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, and when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. All right, so we'll go back to kind of this. And we may have mentioned last week, when Jesus kind of began, you know, talking to them about his relationship with the Father, how how this was, this is high level teaching or super deep teaching, however you want to, you know, however you want to look at it. And, I mean, he begins to double down on that. I mean, he really begins to come at them with some very in-depth stuff. Now, we're going to talk about some of that. You made mention last week, and I think it's important for us to to think about it as we dive into, you know, trying to paint this picture. You know, for us, as we study from John 13 through 17, you know, it's one thing because we're holding the entirety of God's Word. We have the book of Matthew, all the way to the book of Revelation. We see a full picture of how all of this plays out and how all of it lines out. And so we can read a passage like John chapter 14, and, and I think it, it grasp it mm-hmm. you know, fairly quickly because we know how everything plays out after this, right? But if you were putting yourself in the, in the shoes or the sandals, if you will, of, uh, of these men, this is difficult to grab hold yeah. of. And, and I think it is so difficult— it is, and we'll certainly talk about it. It is almost where Jesus has to tell them, "Listen, you you don't have to really remember everything that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. That's the level of help that I'm going yeah. to bring to you because you can you can almost see their mind turning. That I know you're going away, but how how am I going to be equipped yeah. to to move forward with this? And in a lot of ways, to answer that question." It's the conversation that ensues here at the end of this chapter. It is, and you know, I was as you were reading that, I was I was trying to do my best to to think like the apostles might have thought in in hearing this. In verse fifteen and sixteen, well, verse sixteen in particular, um, I'm going to send you another helper. They, I, I have to imagine at least a couple of them are like, wait, what? Another? Is there another Jesus coming or? What are you talking about? What is another another helper? And then he follows it up, and he'll abide with you forever. So Jesus is talking about, you know, I'm leaving. I'm going away. You're not going to have me forever. But I'm going to send you another helper who's going to be with you forever. Oh, oh tell me about that. You know, <laughs> right. let's let's talk about this, Jesus, because that sounds really, really good. I, I need that. I need a helper and one that will be here forever. 
And so we, we talked last week about just the level of comfort that is, is intended to be provided to the apostles here. And while this could be and is, I think, extremely challenging for them to wrap their minds around, wow, would this be comforting. Like, I don't really know exactly what this helper is, but that really is good news. I am really, really glad to hear that because, to your point, we've heard everything that Jesus has said over the past three years, and it has blown our minds. And I don't know what I'm going to do if you leave. And Jesus is saying, calm down, take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. We talked about last week. I'm not going to leave you to figure this out for yourselves. I'm going to send you another helper, and this helper is going to be here forever. That has to be the best news that these guys have heard in a long time, that they're not going to be left alone and that there's going to be somebody or something else that's going to come and help them. Yeah, I mean, you you really get the idea, too, that they're struggling with who who this exactly is because Jesus identifies them. You know, a little bit later on in this conversation, when he brings up the helper again, he says, you know, the the Holy Spirit. So he's he's identifying this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, how, you know, Jesus kind of gives them an indication of how this is is going to operate. And and you really, one thing that stood out to me as, as I was reading this again, you know, here in John chapter 14, you know, at the back end of this chapter, is uh, the, the onus that Jesus is placing upon now his word. It, there's always been certainly onus placed on that. There's strength and there's power in the words of God. I mean, you go back all the way, you know, into the pages of the Old Testament, and that, that's where the power is. I mean, the world was created through the power of God's word, right? He mm-hmm. spoke the the world into existence and so there's always been power in his word and the work of the prophets bringing the word of god you know to the people there's always been power there but you get the sense here that you know Jesus is you know he's bringing that back up that ultimately what it comes down to is you're going to listen and follow what my words are or you're not and you start to he's done this already multiple times but he begins again to paint this it's this way or this way mm-hmm. scenario that there's a choice that must be made he really will get into that in chapter 15 that we'll yeah. begin to talk about next week but he really starts to say listen there's a choice now that's going to be made you're going to follow my words and head in this direction where there is a lot of help that mm-hmm. I can be providing for you, or you can head off in this direction, not following my word. Now, you can go that way, but it, it, there's no help over there. There's no help. That, that's a problem way to go. But you really see that the determining factor is how we are listening to his words. Mm-hmm. That ultimately is the determining factor on which direction we're headed. Yeah, I mean, the, the terminology that Jesus uses in regards to what you just said the world can't receive right. this helper that I'm going to send to you. The world has chosen a different path. The world has chosen to turn their backs on on me. They, they can't receive the helper that I'm going to send, but you, you can. You can receive that helper. And the, the, the beautiful language that he uses, uh, both here in verse 17 and then further down in the chapter, he will dwell with you, but not just dwell with you, he will be in you. And then a little further down, you know, we will make our abode with you. There, there's this, this language of, of living with and residing in that, that is going to come with this helper that is being sent. And I think it's particularly powerful then that Jesus says there in verse 18, 
I'm not going to leave you orphans. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to come to you. And, of course, we, we know that so much of the New Testament, there's the picture that's painted of us being adopted into God's family. Galatians chapter 4 came to mind, but there are other places in Scripture where that same idea is, is, being, is being utilized. And it comes specifically, I think, from this teaching. I'm not going to leave you orphans. In fact, I'm going to give you a home. I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to be with you at all times. You're going to be adopted into my family. And so in these few simple verses, I mean, we begin to see almost the entirety of the gospel message packaged into what Jesus is teaching them here about the helper that is going to come and what it truly means to keep his commandments and to reside with him in that way. We are being brought into God's family We're not orphans. We're adopted as children into his family, and we live with him and he with us. Yeah, I mean, not certainly to jump too far ahead, but I mean, chapter 15, that word abide is a word that Jesus will keep coming back to over and over and over and over again. But I mean, you're exactly right. It's an incredible picture that he's painting. But it is a picture and a relationship, really, that he's talking about that almost comes with prerequisites in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, right? It, this isn't a relationship that everybody's going to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? It's just not going to. One of my most favorite uh, verses in all of the New, uh, the New Testament, just about the, because of the picture and the wording of it in a lot of ways, is right here that we've read already. John 14 and verse 23, going very close to what you were just talking about, where Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. The Father will love him. And here's that same phraseology. We will come to him and make our home with him. I mean, that sounds fantastic, right? I mean, that sounds like something that they, the apostles hearing this, would have been interested in. Certainly something that I'm interested in. But there's a prerequisite for that. Not, Not everyone is going to enjoy that because this is right following a question. That, you know, we, we made reference to Judas, not Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus, has left. We talked about that several weeks ago. This is probably Thaddeus, um, yeah. as mo- most people will say. Uh, we don't hear from him certainly very much, but it's not a bad question here. Yeah. And, uh, and Jesus is answering that. But what's interesting, of course, is this incredible relationship is going to be based upon your love of Jesus. And your love of Jesus is showcased in your obedience to him, your following him, that you're, you're going to follow him because you love him, that those two things are tied together here. John, as he writes in his epistles, First John especially, will continue to tie love and obedience together. But they're not; those are two things tied together. They're not two separate things. They work right, together. Right. And, uh, and we've got to look at them that way. We do, and that's, that's so important for us to recognize because there, there's a world around us that pro- loves to proclaim their love for Jesus, but they like to divorce themselves of the requirement to be obedient to Jesus. And what Christ himself is saying here is those two things can't be separated. If you love me, you keep my commandments. And he repeats it. He repeats it in chapter 15. Again, mm-hmm. if you love me, keep my commandments. This is, this is what you do if you love me. You will do this. And that then opens the door for this beautiful relationship that we can have with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father. We can live with them. They can live in us. We can make our home with them. Just this, We can be children of theirs, as we talked about earlier. Just this wonderful, comforting, beautiful picture 
that is being painted here. But to your point, it hangs on the need and the requirement for us to demonstrate our love of Christ through our obedience to him. That cannot be overlooked because without it, the rest of the picture falls apart. That that beautiful picture of a loving family that's being painted here is gone if we choose not to be obedient to Christ. And, and that is, is, is sometimes, I think, uh, difficult for people to hear because some of the teachings of Christ can be challenging. And the Bible asks us to live a life that is countercultural and can be difficult at times. You know, in those moments, we need to ask ourselves, do I love Christ? That's right. If I do, then let's go. If it's difficult, it's difficult. But if I love Christ, this is the way I'm going to live my life. And, and this is why, because I want to have this type of a relationship with him. I, I need to live with him. I need him to be with me at all times. And it's very clear how how we achieve that. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it comes down to that. And I think it comes down to that simple question. Certainly when we find ourselves tempted or we find ourselves struggling with the command that we have from God, asking ourselves that question, do, do I love God? Do I love Christ? And, and you know it, it, that sounds simple, it does, yeah. but it, it it can make all the difference. I think that's why John is able to say certainly much later than here, you know, in his first epistle, and make the point that you know the commandments that we have of God they're not burdensome. Mm-hmm. They're not burdensome, and you're like, well, they, no, they seem burdensome sometimes. <laughs> well, they're not burdensome if they're you're motivated by love. Yeah. Certainly, the kind of love that we need to have for Christ, right? And so if tying those two things together, again, I know where it's so hard for me not to jump into, you know, chapter 15. And we've talked about it, right, it, yeah. of keeping all of this contained over several weeks. This one conversation is tricky because what Jesus is going to do in chapter 15 is really build an analogy around this exact same thing, right? Your relationship with God, how close, how intimate that it can be. It, the the onus of bearing fruit, I mean, mm-hmm. a, an obedience, all of those things are tied together. And, you know, it is just an incredible, you know, just an incredible picture. But I still think here at the end of chapter 14, especially because he mentions not wanting them to be troubled again, mm-hmm. he's bringing them peace, verse 27. He, he it, this, this conversation, especially surrounding the helper that's coming to them, is still meant to bring that comfort that Jesus is going, but yet they are still going to be in a position to not just succeed, but to flourish. We talked about that a little bit last week, but it's not just to succeed, but to flourish, an incredible comfort and peace that comes from that. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, this everything that Jesus is saying, this is good news for everyone, for everyone. This is good news for the apostles. This is good news for Jesus. That's what he says towards the end of chapter 14. You know, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you'd rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. I mean, this is this is good news for Jesus. This is good news for the apostles. This is good news for the world. Right. This is the everything that Jesus is saying here is is good. Now, it's difficult to put it in that context in the moment because the apostles are scared about what the future may hold. Jesus is facing persecution and crucifixion. The apostles are facing persecution. They're, they're wondering what's going to happen next if Jesus is gone. All of these concerns and, and what lies ahead are in their minds. But the point that Jesus is making here is that's all true. And, and there are going to be difficulties that are, are associated with this. 
But this is all good news. And that's where that peace and that comfort that you talked about just a second ago, that's where all of that comes from. Because Jesus leaving is good because now the helper can come and you can do greater works as a result of that. We talked about that earlier. And when the helper comes, now you're going to have this relationship with the Father that he's going to dwell in you that wasn't possible before. Now it's possible. I get to go back to the Father. That's good news. Everything's good about this. And so take peace in all of that and hopefully over the next several hours and days and weeks that are going to follow, where there's going to be a lot of challenging times, they can think back to these conversations and can remember this, and it will be helpful to them to get through those difficult times and realize that there is good to be had in all of this. Yeah, and it really becomes that relationship that they have with God, that relationship that they have with Jesus, that will ultimately you know, be key. Because as we turn the page from the, this conversation, chapter 14 to chapter 15, that is in every way where Jesus goes next. It is now how important is this relationship to you. Well, Jesus is going to make the point. It it makes all it's all the difference. It is it is everything. This relationship and it being intimate, it being close. That's why you love the word abide. That's why you love mm-hmm. the word in you. That's why you love the word our home with you. All of that points to this intimate close relationship that we have to have. And so I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. When we pick up our study in John chapter 15, I've uh, certainly enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed all of them up to this point, and, and I don't know if we're halfway even you know, yet. We still have you know, <laughs> a ways way to, to go, go you know, here in this conversation, so I'm looking forward to uh, picking it up next week. Thank you so much for following along, studying along with us.